I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome to Hardcore Listing with myself, the silky smooth Christopher William Glasson. And Stuart Robithin. Hope you're all doing well today. <laughs> So we headed to London for this one, didn't we? Yes, we went to North East London, East North London. Yes. To meet with Matthew Ashredman. He was a clever lad. He was very smart, wasn't he? He was as smart as an owl wearing a graduation cap. He was smarter than us combined. Yeah, and then doubled. Yeah. I didn't really understand um, anything Matthew said. Until he said beaver, which made me laugh. As you've seen, it's top five things that animals can see that we can't. And it was really cool hanging out with Matthew, wasn't it? And uh, he he was a wealth of knowledge and and really passionate about all things science and just a dude. Absolute dude. Um, And yeah, so before we get on with the episode, um, firstly, thanks to Matthew for for doing that. Secondly, um, thanks to Mr. 76 for producing Mm -hmm. the podcast. Big love to our sponsors. Yes, Bang Boom Creative and Love Beer. So Bang Boom Creative, head over to the social media. Head over to Instagram and and the Facebooks uh, and just check out the videos he's currently making for our podcast because they are off the scale. Mm -hmm. It will be out by the time this episode comes out, but we've just received one where he has animated Christopher and I. Yeah, it's really good. And we are literally having a a chinwag and it's, it's... Amazing. It was better. It's better than the video that we made the other day, which was just a setup of us dogging, basically in northeast London. <laughs> so thank you, Luke, for that. Yes. Um, yes. So shall we onwards with the show? Keep your ears out for poo dance. Yes. Enjoy. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. We're doing a podcast. We're doing a Hardcore Listing podcast. And are we recording? We are. We are. We're, we're in. It. We're in. Let's do it. Is this north or is this still east? Or is this the cusp? Oh, it's north and east. Yes. Really? It's the blend. It's that northeast vibes. East, why, not, why not east north? I, I, they, these are the important questions whoa, that we whoa, want whoa, to ask. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not undermine the whole system. Okay. Let's, not start, let's not start questioning the system. <laughs> Everything will fall apart around us. Um, well, that voice, uh, Chris, by Matt- all means, you can take the turn today to introduce our guest. Matthew Shribman is our... Have I pronounced that correctly, Matthew? You have. Matthew, right? I'm yeah. saying Matthew correctly. Um, yeah, um, a wonderful environmental scientist who um, I was put onto by a friend of mine, uh, Aaron Shrimpton, a friend of yours as well, but more mine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, Matthew, I, I watched a, after that, I'd watched a, a binge watch quite a lot of stuff that you had on your Science in the Bath uh, on YouTube. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to get you on because I thought you'd do a, quite an interesting top five, mate. So welcome. Oh no, you've made a big mistake. What's, what's, why, what have I done? <laughs> God, it's not going to be interesting, is it? Could be. Could be interesting. <laughs> Might be right. Um, wait, what are we? So what are we doing? And you're having a, you have a podcast as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got this podcast called A Piece of String, where we basically bring together comedians and scientists, and everybody comes and asks a question like, um, "Where is the grass actually greenest?" Or like, "What's the most delicious?" thing <laughs> and like uh, basically like people like they're the comedians kind of throwing like funny answers and then eventually it's wrapped up with like a scientific answer at the end but yeah a piece of string check it out laughs and jokes and then at the end very serious everyone knows where so serious yeah wrap it up and everyone can sleep easily yeah, yeah. so are comedians smart are comedians smart i think so i think comedians are much smarter than the scientists right <laughs> and so is science funny um I think there's this really beautiful quote in science where they say that like the biggest discoveries aren't accompanied by someone saying Eureka and clicking their fingers. They're accompanied by someone saying, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I like that. Very true. What's your top five? Top five. Um, right, I decided to do a top five of um, things that uh, animals can see or detect that we can't detect is that too vague no, that's, no that's, i'm all over that that sounds that is amazing um your dog can detect a lot of things he can what? detect exactly where your testicles are every time you <laughs> knock on our front door and he gets excited to see I, you i have i have a certain way of um when you answer the door of yeah. like, like standing because of the, the side sort. on to, for oh, the, okay, the initial for, jump yeah, yeah, which, which generally is targeted at at the nuts <laughs> did you pick a, any did you have any other ideas for top fives I did actually. I sent them to you, didn't I? Or did I not? I think this was a long time because we did have this in the running for probably six months now. I it's been a while, hasn't it? And uh, I know you had some ideas, but they've, they've slipped my mind, mate. I had quite a few, I think. I really want to see like objects in space, like mysterious objects in it. space. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know, there's like that, there was that huge like javelin rock thing that just like shot through the solar system from like some other galaxy. Yeah. So cool. Um, so I was going to do stuff like that, but um, then I thought, uh, yeah, stuff that animals can detect. But it's funny you should start with dogs, because that was going to be one of my things. Are they in an order? Have you got like five? Is, is your one the best one, or is it just five? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably just the best five. <laughs> but as we go, I might decide that one of them's the best. Is that okay? Yeah, you can rank sure. them however you choose. Okay. It's, your, it's your top five, mate. Yeah, so you can do it how you want. And if one particularly blows our minds, because yeah. I've got some... Oh. Because I didn't do, I didn't want to do uh, things animals can see that we can't. So right. I just went for animal facts okay. from Google. Because I didn't want to. I, I felt like I felt like guesswork would be more fun, and so I'm going to throw a few few things in there while we do it. Oh, cool! Mine have come from um, a, a colleague of mine, um, <laughs> a, a previous guest, Darren Garwood, and um, he he for as long as I've known him has has consistently given me these facts on everything. Um, the fact that the sell-by date on every bag of crisps is a Thursday. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and absolutely pointless information. Yeah. Um, he didn't know that I was coming here to do this specific five today, yeah. yet he sent me three out of the blue 
animal facts, and some of them are things that animals can see, which no, my, my no. reply each time he sends it is, that's bollocks. <laughs> um, but maybe your expertise will, will no. um, yeah. clarify. What's he got? Yeah. What's he got? Well, I okay, let me give you one. Yeah. Um, they're not going to be on your list because obviously I'm quite sure they're bollocks. <laughs> um, but let's let's have a quick look. So, many small breeds of dogs are allergic to fog. I'm really sceptical about that. I took my dog for a run this morning in the fog. He seemed okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what's the Fog's other one? delicious, isn't it? Such a shame to be allergic to it. Yeah. Who doesn't want to run I in love fog? love a bit of fog. <laughs> Experiments show that Malresus macaquay monkeys mm. will actually pay to look at pictures of female rhesus monkeys' bottoms. <laughs> that... I'm not that sceptical about. Yep. I mean, it's weird, but like when they say pay, what do they mean? Because there were these people who, there was this guy who built a vending machine for crows. He basically figured out a way to get crows to fly across the land and gather coins. And they brought the coins to the vending machine. And when they put them in, it would like give them food. Fuck off. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Well, to begin with, it was just like a platform that spat out food. And then eventually they, they, they realised they had to put stuff in to get stuff out, and then it, he na he gradually narrowed it down until it was just coins. So they collected coins from miles around. That is brilliant. And then after that, he then just kept the coins. He was putting his own food in there, and he's got a, he's got a, a, well, a that's new a business, crow, yeah. Crow work, scalable as well. That's unbelievable. One more bit of um, utter bollocks. Um, the tiny parasite Toxoplasma gondii can only breed sexually when it is in the guts of a cat. Oh. This end when it infects rats. It changes their behaviour to make them less scared of cats. Absolutely true. Yeah. Wow. Now, there's a really good piece of research that came out quite recently about how it, um, we used to think that it had no impact on humans because we know that about a third of the human race or something ridiculous is infected with T. gondii. Um, and because we spend so much time chilling with cats. And yeah, it can only, the parasite can only reproduce in the intestine of like a cat. Well, that can be a tiger or a lion, like a big cat as well. But the parasite's main aim is to just get the thing that it's in to be eaten by a cat. And so, so like, if humans, we used to think they had no effect on humans, but now we know that humans are, like, slightly, find the smell of cat urine slightly more appealing and they're slightly more likely to take risks. So the study showed that people who have this parasite are much more likely to have, like, car accidents and stuff like that, much more likely to take gambles. And in fact, there's a really good rumour, and this I don't know if it's true, but I really like the story, in fact, I don't know if I like the story, it's a bit dark, <laughs> but it's interesting if it is true. The Japanese government, um, someone was saying about how the reason they have so many cat cafes in Japan is because they're worried about like people not reproducing enough because obviously the population is yep. aging. So yep. they were like, let's have some cat cafes, get everyone infected with T. gondii so that people copulate more and then we have more babies that would take more risks you know more likely to have anyway that's probably that's crazy that's fantastic but and I think we, if even we stop the podcast there now that is absolute <laughs> podcast gold what's your number five number five oh yeah it's just, let's just kick off so I was going to start with dogs yeah um, so not necessarily seeing stuff but um, dogs that can smell diseases do you know about this I yeah. do yeah yeah so a lot of dogs that can like smell different kinds of cancer, like gallbladder cancer um, is one of the, the big ones. Um, but the bit that's really interesting is that this like smelling sense of diseases is not just limited to dogs. It's just that's where we've noticed it. But like humans can do it. So um, wow. there's a friend of my mum uh, called 
Joy Milne, um, who can smell Parkinson's disease. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. yeah. I've only ever seen it joke like sort of like uh, alluded to in like Hannibal Lecter could do it. I didn't know it was an actual a thing, not from fiction. Unbelievable. You can smell Parkinson. So, what does Parkinson smell like? She said it was this kind of. She said it's this kind of like slightly musty smell, but it's really weird. Like she's she's kind of walked around a hospital ward and she smelt people and been like, "Yep, yeah, that person has Parkinson's." And Hopefully when she not just out loud to them randomly. Yeah, but the, the amazing thing is that like you know the doctors were saying, "Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right," and then some people they were like, "No, that person doesn't have yeah, Parkinson's," yeah, yeah. or at least we didn't think so. Yeah, and then yeah. it turns out that they do. Yeah, yeah. So she's smelling it like even That's early onset. Crazy! Wow. Um, it's probably something that that a lot of people could learn to learn to smell. Hone in. So how how do you discover that you can do that? She, uh, her husband uh, was was suffering from Parkinson's. So she noticed like a very uh, like a change in smell around him. But it's weird, you know, like people, we can all smell like different things. Like yeah, some people, like, I can't eat raw tomatoes. They absolutely taste like vomit to me, yeah. and it's such a shame because I know that tomatoes mm-hmm. are delicious. That's mm-hmm. what the rumors say, yeah. and I love them cooked. But raw, just can't get them down. Same with cucumber. Cucumber to me is the devil's food. No, oh, and really? Cucumber is beyond foul tasting. To beyond, beyond. Like when people say it tastes like water, I'm like, it, it really, I'm not exaggerating. If it's on anything, it, I can't have it. I can't have it. If it's been in a sandwich or if it's cut into a salad, yeah. I can sometimes, some tzatziki has, I think, has cucumber in, and that is about the only time. But if you pickle a cucumber, gherkin, yeah, love gherkins. To go back to, Animals smelling um, illnesses. Yeah. So that, that, that's something that I've heard of for years, that, mm. you know, that dogs can smell cancers and things like that. Yeah. And how, how is that something that can be verified? Well, as in you can just like, the, the dog can be trained to smell it and then it can kind of, in, in the same way that dogs like detect drugs at the airport, um, they can just, but the thing is dogs can generally only be trained to recognise one smell reliably. Right, right, right. That actually is kind of well known that like horses are kind of better like horses can be trained to recognise loads of different smells, but it's a you bit difficult a to have like yeah. a horse yeah, like sniffing around the airport. Yeah, at customs <laughs> at festivals. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I guess because they just yeah once you can verify it much like the Parkinson's thing, can't you? If the mm-hmm. dogs, you know, pointing, <laughs> barking, <laughs> cancer, whatever the code word is, and then they take them on and run the test, then that's it. They know pointing or. You know how they do in the in the right cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> they do in the cartoons. They go dead straight. Yeah, so I guess you're that's envisaging yeah. this medical marvel of a dog yeah. talking like Scooby Doo, aren't a li- you? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you guys reckon can swim faster, a dog or a horse? Oh, okay. Hmm. I mean, this is so. There's no. Is that like carte blanche? Like, there's definitely that. There's not like certain breeds that might dog. That might be faster than a horse. Let's take the fastest dog and the fastest okay, horse. Cool. Yeah, okay, yeah. sure. Um, fastest. Uh, I'm going to go with horsey. The obvious answer is dog, but the fact you've asked that question leads me to believe it's a horse. Where are we? Well, actually, so I was looking this up online and I looked up the <laughs> swimming speed of a dog and that was like, yeah, that seems pretty realistic. And then I looked up the swimming speed of a horse. Mm. And it's unbelievably really fast, fast like on Wikipedia and how I was like no 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 how deep is no, it because no, 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 no. if it's like two or three foot yeah, exactly <laughs> and I was like yeah this can't be right and so I checked it against the top running speed of a horse and someone's literally just copied the same running speed into Wikipedia as like the swimming speed of a horse it's, it's the galloping same. in the shallow end isn't it yeah it must be it must be um, anyway so yeah we I went up with a, with a friend um, from the piece of string podcast actually to uh, to basically like test we went to a horse swimming pool and we got a dog 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. A horse swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. Come now, on. Now, I'm not having that, that no, every funny. horse There's makes its foal on a Sunday to the swimming pool. <laughs> like, what, what is a horse swimming pool? Yeah, well, I like, know what it is. It's a whole swimming pool. Yeah. But, but what is, is the purpose of that? I think it's like for therapy for them when they've got like, you know, muscular pain. Horses really live a good life. Are we I talking racehorses? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, right, I think right. I right. racehorses. Mm. But um, yeah, we went to go and race them against one another to see the truth. To, uh, check out Science of the Bath if you want to see which of Christian Stewart's right about how fast a horse, how, which swims faster. Horse or a dog? Yeah, maybe we'll take a wager on it as well. And the winner buys the other one, the, the animal they bet on. So I'm betting on horse. Okay. Yeah. I mean, your knowledge of animals is really shit. So it's before we get to your number four... Do you want an f- animal fact? I, I want the one that you, you come up with first. Oh, oh. so basically... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I misread something in haste earlier. And, I, and I was, I, I, uh, my girlfriend said, well, what facts have you got? And I reeled off a few. And she was like, they're really quite good. And then I said, and there was this other one. The elephants are the only animal that can jump. <laughs> While he looked at me, and I was like, "Yeah, I haven't really, I haven't broke that down, but it does sound a bit like bullshit." And she's like, "Yeah, kangaroos." And I think I quite simply misread "can" to "can't." So I think elephants are the only animal that can't jump. Is what it was meant to be. Most oh, animals can jump, can't they? I reckon so. I've seen a lot of them do it. As yeah. we've, we've talked about your dog attacking me yeah. so far. So the yeah. only animal that can't jump. What about like worms? Mm. Can they jump? Oh, <laughs> I think it's a pretty, uh, it's pretty broad brush. Hmm. What it's about an animal? I get, what, what's defined as an animal? Now, 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 let's stand up for worms. <laughs> worms are one of the best animals there is. Sure, but they cut. Because what's the, is an insect still an animal? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Then yes, they are. Do you want to hear uh, another animal? Fact yes. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. This, as I say, this is straight from Google, right. and there's no probing. Cool. Okay. Um, one third of all the Antarctic ice is uh, penguin urine. Where are you getting this stuff from? Straight off That's Google. Absolute tosh. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there because I don't want to give you any more juicy facts. And we'll go on to one of Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, what are we doing? Uh, oh, right, okay. Another thing that animals can see that we can't. Okay. Is this, this number four? This is, this is one of the numbers. Let's okay. call it four, okay. shall we? Okay. Um, right. Um, okay, just a quick aside before we do the sure, fact. Sure, sure. What animal do you reckon gets its eyes licked the most? Hmm. <sighs> Oh, I don't know. Cow. That's a good shout. Good shout. Mm. Not correct, but they've got good, good lickable they, eyes. They, they <laughs> they've lick, got good lickability. But they yeah. lick their own eyes, don't they? I'm assuming this might be some sort of like favour from one animal to the next. Um, I don't know. Licked, though. I was going to say, like, things like crocodiles. Like, it, it, what, what animals just sit there and they're, like parasites just eat off their eyes? Is, is there any? Yeah, so tur- like turtles right. and tortoises like butterflies sorry butterflies will like come along and drink their tears because it's one of the easiest ways they can get salt that's why you see a lot of butterflies that like, sat on the heads of, right. of those little guys in the in the rainforest um but that's not the most no that the most is are, like probably geckos because they don't have any eyelids so they're just right. constantly licking their they're eyes to keep them moist them. oh another cool eyelid facts also totally unrelated um beavers have got like two sets of eyelids so they've got like transparent eyelid underneath the main eyelid goggles exactly yeah amazing so cool isn't it anyway seriously yeah Mm. i'm loving that yeah i didn't know any animal had two sets of eyelids that's pretty pretty so many eyelids too many eyelids (laughs) 
Um, Any beaver facts, Chris? Uh, <laughs> none that are appropriate for a science <laughs> podcast. Um, no, I can't. I can't challenge that with geckos. I used to have a pet snake, a royal python. Yeah, uh, lo- loved him dearly, and my memory's a little hazy because the snakes have eyelids. Because I didn't think Monty had eyelids. He just, I thought he just had two black eyes at the top of his head. Do they vary snakes in colour? Because I'm, I'm pretty positive Monty's eyes were just jet black. They had no iris in. They were just jet black. And and snakes often will heat, like, hunt via heat, don't like yeah, infrared yeah. and stuff like that. But I'm sure I've seen other snakes with eyelids. Is 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 that a thing? I'm not between sure. Between species, but we can slip in a number four to do with snakes. If you want, it wasn't going to be number four, yeah, but like yeah, because snakes can um, have such sensitive lips that they can see stuff with the heat detection in their lips. So in the total darkness, they can see stuff that's like few meters away by just feeling the heat of it with their lips and they can use their lips to like work out which direction it's coming from <laughs> bit like hammerhead Jeez. sharks how they have like because their lips are really wide the snakes they can right. use that to work out the direction sure. hammerhead sharks you know they've got like really wide noses yeah, yeah. the point is that they can like work out where the smell is coming from because like wow. the smell gets to one nostril slightly before the other so they're like oh it must be that direction so they use the the no nose to figure way. out where the smell yeah that makes snakes that much more creepy, man. Bit sinister. Yeah. You ever oh, seen that caterpillar that looks like a baby snake? It's really cute. It's supposed to be scary, <laughs> but it just looks really cute. <laughs> <laughs> to scare people off of yeah. it. Yeah. Is that why snakes? Why are snakes uh, poking their tongue out? Is that is that to taste the air, or to, is that to? It's not to do anything to do with the heat. Is that a completely different function? I don't know. I think it, I think it might be to do with heat detection. Yeah, actually, I thought it was. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't know that. I don't know enough about don't know how the lips and the tongue stuff. Sort of, yeah, I know that like people, like our 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 eyes are for some reason really sensitive to like snake shaped things. Stuff, yeah. It's like an evolutionary thing. Like our our visual our visual like accuracy is really really high for seeing snakes like in the undergrowth, right. far more so than like other objects. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah need to avoid those. And I've always noticed my mum again. This is this is just off. This is. Literally mum information now, but she said that mum information, mum information, that snake uh, cats don't like noises. So if you ever let off an air or so or anything like that around a cat, they absolutely freak. And the same thing is, is a snake being being worried of snakes and hissing sounds. So I don't know how true that is, but thanks mum. Mate, have <laughs> you ever seen fact. a cat barking like a dog? No. That's unbelievable. There's a really good YouTube video of it. And the cat's just like at the window of the garage, just like barking into the street. Really sounds like a dog. And then this human comes up behind with a camera and the cat slowly, like eventually hears the human and slowly turns around and morphs the bark into a meow. Looks that really guilty. That is unbelievable. <laughs> and then it sneaks off. I think we need to share that somehow Definitely. on our uh, Instagram Definitely. page. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Have you got any uh, animal facts, mate, you want to throw in at this this juncture? Or you you all spent with da- Darren's... Well, I threw three in at the beginning. Yeah, you sort of like yeah. fired, fired them all I'm off. I'm quite once, disappointed that one of them is actually factually correct. And the other one, the crow, the crow one was... Well, that was like half correct, what you said. Mm. Wait, what was so, the crow one again? Yeah. What was the one that about? wasn't me. That was that was Matt. That no, was, no, that uh, was Matt. But you, your one, Matt said, used the uh, crow analogy to say that it was half. Oh, the that, truth. that monkeys would pay to see uh, a female monkey's ass. That's oh right. yeah. Mm. But they they they've said before that monkeys have been shown to pay for for sex or use use uh, to trade for bananas, haven't they? I've seen that as a study, basically. So yeah, it's not that unfeasible. I did hear Cole Pilkington say that they they trained the monkey, hadn't they, to fly a rocket 
Um, what was the monkey that went to space? Um, that, that what was his name? Matthew, do you know? I you don't know the name of the monkey. No, because what the, the dog was called? Oh, the dog. Laika. Laika, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've seen a painting of Laika. Absolutely beautiful painting. Like all the space dogs, because. There were, well, there were some of them that actually came back, actually. Yeah. Yeah, one of them came back, had puppies, and like this, the Russians gave them to the Kennedys. The Kennedys had like space, space puppies. puppies. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Pilkington claimed that the uh, that, that the monkey was, was taught how to um, fly uh, <laughs> a rocket <laughs> via via um, uh, a, a banana spence, uh, a banana dispenser that, um, that, that 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 signaled left and right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> wow. Classic Pilkinson. Yeah. A banana dispenser. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> what made you uh, get, get so much into science, Matthew? Where, do you, where did it all start for you? Oh, I don't really know. Because you, 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 you have quite a wide fascination. Because we're talking a lot about animals here, but you know, I've seen you talk about a lot of different things on science in the bath and your TED Talks and environmental things. So it's just been always there as a kid, has it? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I always think that like science is sci- okay. Science is like really boring at school, especially like when you're between ages like twelve and sixteen. It just gets the syllabus just gets really boring, <laughs> which is such a shame because for me, science is basically like curiosity about the world around yeah. you, isn't it? Like yeah. about about this about how stuff works. Um, and I don't know. Like I I I loved like loads of different stuff at school, and I like love kind of literature and poems and stuff like that. And I'm a big nerd. Um, but science just seems to be something that for some reason sticks in my brain. So uh, and I really enjoy uh, doing stuff about it and explaining how stuff works to people in a way that's hopefully fun. You you do that. Yeah. Um, so when did it it transform from from just sort of digesting information to then right I want to present some information yeah. and, and, and do podcasts and do YouTube videos and, and, and TED talks and stuff like that when, when did the, the kind of process of that and why did that sort of come about well I used to I used to be in music so I was in the music industry for quite a few years and had a band what was um, your band called it's called Twin Hidden okay although now you could only search for Ash Lad because that's that's the stuff I kind of changed the name and left it and I'll put st- other stuff up later um but uh, yeah, that was going like quite well. Like we had like festival slots and like radio play yeah, and stuff. You got and decent acclaim, didn't you? You got you got some good feedback and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Was you signed? We did. We didn't ever sign. We basically got to the point where we were about to sign with uh, quite a good kind of management company that's associated with Universal, and that was actually the point at which I kind of decided this isn't the right thing for me to be doing at the moment yeah. um, and that was when the like quite radical shift happens this um, maybe it's not radical maybe it's logical mm. <laughs> maybe um, but uh, yeah no I just I just like I'd, I'd been doing a bit of teaching on the side and, and I really enjoyed it and I just thought I want to like put stuff on the internet for free of just like me explaining things and people seem to seem to really like it um, and the big the big driver for me is not just that I think that science is really cool and I like I think that's like a good thing to like get people to know more about yeah, sure. but also uh, there's so many like problems in the world that if people understood science better yeah. they would just get sorted out so much faster and that's yeah, one of the big sure. things for me is that I put out loads of stuff because I think it's like really cool like how do gravitational waves work and like the thing that you're talking about about colours yeah. but then I'm also putting out stuff like about um, about environmentalism yeah. because and there was this video I did one of the one of the most successful videos I ever did was about hymen biology and just to do with how like um, women are ostracized from their communities like, all around the world just because people don't understand like, hymen biology. Um, and I just think, yeah, 
science can solve a lot of problems if people understand it better. So definitely, I think yes. awareness is where it always starts, isn't it? And you've done you've done other things like hashtag no beef and yeah. So no beef is a big thing that I'm kind of working on at the moment because I just like couldn't believe because I used to eat quite a lot of beef yeah. and then I just started because I was, I was working a lot on the plastic campaign um, and I'm still still doing that about to bring out film about it um, but plastic is kind of a good campaign in that people see the problem they know what the problem is and they know what they have to do about it and I was just thinking climate change everyone knows it's a problem but like nobody really knows what sure. we're supposed to do and then I looked at all the numbers and oh my god when you look at the numbers it's so obvious like the most important thing for everyone to do is just give up beef and, yeah. and lamb and it's just like, it's unbelievable how big it is. If you like give up beef, it's like a bigger impact than not using cars for the rest yeah. of the year. And that's not just driving cars. That's like being driven in cars. It's like, it's huge. And like, you know, if you don't eat a steak, then it's like the equivalent of saving enough water to have like several months worth of showers. I can't remember the exact numbers. It, that's but. what blows my mind with it. And it's the best example for me. It, it really encapsulates what you're saying here about awareness. Because as soon as I discovered that, I was like, what the fuck? There's always worrying about cars and between the size of engines and whatnot. And then I saw that about beef and I was like, it's kind of easy just to not eat beef. Like, yeah, I still don't get me wrong. I still occasionally eat beef, but I, it is really, I have radically changed how much like beef I consume now because when I looked at that and, and looked at just the sheer amount of energy it requires to to to, to cultivate it and, and have it appear on in, in, in supermarkets, it was like, okay, that's that's something that we can all we can all just do. Yeah. So easy, isn't yeah. it? Can I can I tell people about it on the sure. yeah, yeah, it's basically you check it out. It's this it's like a three minute video. It just explains the science. It's not preachy at all. It's just literally explains it. It's called No Beef and it's on my like YouTube and Facebook Science in the Bath. Um, it got blocked in america did you see that no like in the u.s u.s facebook blocked the promotion of the of the video because they described it as a matter of political or national significance which is unbelievable because it's literally just a science video about beef and like check it out it's honestly it's just me like friendly talking about friendly is not a word is it <laughs> about, about about beef and like the impact of it and uh anyway crazy that's crazy yeah, yeah. wow Political, but it's because it because it people's livings are made out of it, and yeah. it's like you're telling me now that of everything I've created and cultured and my my empire is now to dust because of what you say. It's like yeah, kind of, maybe it should be, but sorry. Did you watch the uh, Simon Amstel documentary? Oh, what's it called Carnage. Uh, Carnage. Yeah, I still haven't seen Carnage. It's great. Yeah, it's right. Interesting. Yeah. And 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 as you guys were saying earlier about yeah, can you know are comedians smart? Well, def very much so. I think the best mm. are. Yeah. Uh, really smart. Like, cre I think creative le leaps in thinking is what makes someone funny often because it's to do with misdirection, which is what normally makes comics funny. But then in any form of science, really, it's those creative leaps of faith that often get you to that next level of understanding anyway. So mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of similarities between sort of like what people consider s traditionally smart and Obviously, just funny guys like Simon Ansel, who is a legend. He's he's mm. a funny guy. Mm. Shall we get some? Shall we have a? Shall we have a bollocks fact from my Google search, or shall we have an actual, real, legit fact? Um, let's have a legit one. Let's have a yeah, yeah. Come on. Right. Okay. Um, I'll do a quick non-one, which is just Olms. <laughs> <laughs> Olms is one of my favourite animals. They're like a lizard that lives in caves, and that's where like a lot of the legends of dragons came from in oh, Europe. Right. Okay. Um, because they're like these, but they have no eyes. So they can't do the thing that I'm about to say, which is good, which is that um, some animals can basically see 
the magnetic fields. Whoa. And we think we think it's maybe like, I mean, it's impossible to know because we can't know how their brains work, mm. but because it's working via their eyes, the mechanism, um, we think that they might see it as like a color. So, you know, there are certain birds that will just be able to like look at the sky and it's, mo- it's most sen- they're most sensitive to it normally at the end of the day when there's a bit more kind of greeny light. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right. Um, and they can just see like which direction the magnetic, the magnetic field of the Earth is, is pointing. And they don't see it as like north-south. They see it as like just, uh, well, I keep saying sea and we don't know that for sure. Yeah. But like, it's, it's, it must be like, I don't know, this light that shines in, in a certain direction. And um, yeah, basically, okay. Shall I explain it? Go I'll, for it, yeah. So, so it. like, okay, if you, um, if you picture the earth, then the magnetic field comes out of the bottom and then goes mm-hmm. around the edge and then into the top, right? Yeah. So if you're at the bottom, it's coming directly out. So yes. if you're stood on the bottom, the field is going like down, like coming out of the ground, like straight up into the sky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas, and at the North Pole, it's going like straight down into the mm-hmm. ground, right? So it's like straight into the ground. Whereas if you're at the equator, the field is just kind of coming past. And so it's like parallel to the ground. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah. Like flat against it. Yeah. So like around here in, in the UK, like the field is kind of going in like 60 degrees, like down yeah, just in curved. like a slope. Yeah. So all birds have to do is they're like, you fly uphill in the field and it gets warmer, downhill and it gets colder. They can't tell the difference between north and south. They just know like polewoods or not polewoods. So when the magnetic field flips, which we think it might yeah. do soon. How often does that do that? How many hundreds, is it every hundred? It's it not, it's not like a cyclic thing, so uh, you can't okay. predict it. So right. it's literally, it's quite random. It's just like a probability thing, but we know it happens like every 20,000-ish years. Okay. And the last one was about 20,000 years ago and the field's getting really weak and it's wandering really quickly. So a lot of people think that we could be in for a little flip, which could be, could be bad. And what's going to, what's, what's the, what's it, what effect is that going to have on Stuart's life? Right. He's a massive fan. You're a big you fan of magnets, the, aren't you? The field. You're a big fan of magnets. Um, yeah, we don't know. I mean, look, the field deflects a lot of like part, like kind of radioactive particles come from the sun. That's yeah. where the Northern sure. Lights comes from, like at the top and the bottom. Um, so we'll get a lot less, we won't be able to see the Northern Lights 
If yeah, I've always wanted to see those. That's like yeah, the you know main what? thing I've wanted to see. I went, I went to Iceland. I went to Reykjavik to see them and uh, and organised to go out to sea on a boat at night to see them. And uh, when we got to the boat, they said, they're not out, can't see them. Uh, so we're not going to bother taking the boat out. So I was like, okay. So I flew home the next day and bought a newspaper at Reykjavik Airport uh, to, to, to read on the way back. And uh, third page in, Northern Lights, uh, visible in Scotland this weekend. <laughs> I just thought I've flown to Iceland to see them and I could have driven to Scotland <laughs> and see them. Unbelievable. Did see them in Scotland though when we was up there. Yeah, uh, really? Mm. Wow. Yeah, we went to Orkney. And, uh, oh, man. Yeah, mega. So, so there's going to be there's going to be a run on uh, the Northern Lights at the moment. Get get up there yeah, now. Get up there. Forever hold your peace. Yeah. <coughs> no, we don't know. I mean, it might not flip. It might get a bit weaker and then kind of come back. So it's all to do with like the wobbly fluid in the middle of the Earth, and it could just like have a little bit of a break and then just carry on. Right. Nobody, li- nobody knows. Nobody knows. But Actual fact. That was a, that was just a thrown in one, wasn't it? So this be number three. Your next one. Wait, that was number three, wasn't it? That was. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Did we do, did we do snakes as number four? <laughs> Sorry, he's not happy at all. <laughs> I've got more. <laughs> Something more solid, Matthew. <laughs> got more. <laughs> I don't believe in that magnetic field, bollocks. It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Number two. Right. Number two. Um, okay. So, like, ants. Ants are obviously brilliant. Yeah. So, ants can kind of... Um, Ants do a lot of their kind of seeing with smells, right? Mm-hmm. And so they perceive things as like this, like democracy of smells, which sounds a bit <laughs> weird. But wait, let me explain it. So like, okay, if the ants are thinking, right, we need to get some good food, then what they'll do is they'll all kind of, all the scouts are like spread off in every direction. As they go, they'll kind of tap their tails on the ground, leaving like a tiny little trail of scent. Go and look for food. And then if they find something good, then they're like, oh, this is really delicious. Um, have a little taste. And then they'll put their tail on the ground and leave like a much thicker kind of trail of scent. Um, and that, and then other ants that haven't found anything will have come back along their dotted trail and they'll find like a thicker trail and they'll be like, oh, I'll, I'll go and check this out. So they go along the trail and then they find the food and they're like, no, this food's rubbish. And so they won't like leave a thick trail on the way back or they'll think the food's great and they'll like thicken the trail even more. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is the ants like end up kind of voting with the th- with like leaving this scent trail of like what food is the best and they do the same like when they've got to find a new nest and they all kind of like vote and so ants have this weird way of seeing where they're like seeing the the smells in a way that we we can't we yeah. can't really do that are laid out around their environment yeah that's little crazy. smelly motorways to, uh, <laughs> smelly to, motorways. A, to a happy eater or a hotel do you reckon any of those ants any ants Exaggerate. <laughs> no, like never listen to that. And he's always, <laughs> laying, down, he's always laying down a thick one. That every time I go, the food is rough. <laughs> oh, I would leave the thickest line to cucumber, mate. <laughs> For me, not Chris down that road. Oh, oh no, damn it. So how? So how do they see? How's the best way to describe what they're seeing then? Is it, is yeah, it's not. I don't think they see it. They're not. It's a detect. It's a sense, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's more like kind of like smelling it or like perceiving it in some way as like this. Yeah, somehow this like voting system. Yeah, I don't really know, but I like. Oh, I love ants. Mm. Like, have you have you heard this thing about leaf cutter ants? About how they um, they have. Uh, I think I might say this in the TED. Do you watch? I might have already said yeah. this, uh, but like how they how they like turn their whole nest into like a lung because the nests go so deep because leafcutter ants are so industrious. They have like three meter deep nests. And so what they do is they have these like vertical pipes going down in the middle 
I'm sucking in oxygen. And then they have these windy pipes around the edge that they dump all of their waste in and the waste rots. And because it rots, it heats up and that drives out the carbon dioxide out the like kind of exhaust pipes, like sucking in oxygen as well. So the whole nest is like constantly breathing because of like, oh man, that's, that's that so good. Else, that's that really is. That's really cool. We had uh, Rick Edwards who does the science What was podcast. Rick's one on? on it was uh, uh, zombie ants, wasn't it? That's right. And uh, it was, a f- uh, I think it's a fungus, isn't it, that the ant accidentally ingests and then uh, it the takes over. makes it. them climb. Yeah, yeah it makes yeah, them yeah. climb. And then just, <coughs> just they just what hang on with their beaks, don't they? Um, beaks. Their mandibles <laughs> are what not beaks. And then they just die hanging upside down yeah. off a branch or something. Yeah, it's pretty dark stuff. Hopefully we don't have that, uh, like the, ca- the, the the worms and the cats. Hopefully we don't have that hitting yeah. us anytime Ants soon. And beaks, that's scary. Ants with beaks. It's likely there's one of us already got it. Do either of you have cats? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You've yeah. already have it. Yeah, You're a yeah, big well, risk taker. Yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> I do love the smell of a uh, cat pee as well. You love so, it, yeah. yeah. You often. Oh, are you wearing it right yeah, now? Yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah, it smells really good. <laughs> yeah, it smells really good. Got some bad news for you, Matthew. <laughs> Would you like my favourite? Um, oh yeah, my favourite one that yes, was given to me by Molly today, and she said I've got some great mo- sloth facts, and I was like, No, you haven't. And she, she explained a, a warm-up sloth fact was that there used to be one that was as big as basically an elephant back in prehistoric times. Pretty jump. Uh, mega, Megatherium, is that it? Something it is like indeed. That? It is indeed. You live in Australia? Yeah, I don't know that. As far as I got was she showed or me a maybe. picture of one and I went, it was hand-drawn. I went, yeah, that happened. Oh, no, no, <laughs> but, they um, were in like South America. That's right. why we have avocados. Because like, they, the, they were the only thing that could eat the avocado whole and then pass it out in a like perfect, they'd pass out the seed mm-hmm. in a perfect like pile of manure that it would then grow in. Oh, yeah. And I think basically once they died out, the avocado population was like dwindling and dwindling. And then eventually, was it the Incas maybe? Or it might be the Aztecs. Like mm-hmm. one of them basically discovered it and they were like, oh, this is delicious. Yeah. And they started cultivating it. And if it weren't for them... Be no avos. We'd, there'd be no one on a keto diet right now, yeah. basically, because right. that's basically what everyone eats. Um, okay, so sloths do a poo dance. Do you want to hear more? Yes. Go okay. On. So basically, um, other than needing to have a poo, that's the only time really that a sloth needs to. Well, that's the only time they're really at risk because um, they can just hang out in the tree most of the time, but pooing from a tree draws quite a lot of attention <laughs> I've heard this so, so it is sounds counterintuitive to what I'm about to start talking about but supposedly like the, the you know excrement falling from the tree can draw a lot of attention predators are like well someone's up there so what sloths will do is often they will they only need to go I think it's once a week but their food takes a really long time to digest so I think their digestive tract is like two, two weeks minimum mm-hmm. it can be longer so they're quite backed up, as it were. They're probably in desperate need of two weeks. Senecot? Good yeah. holiday. <laughs> you like sail your way through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so what they do is they they all have their own tree as well, and they and, and they uh, they think that partly why they do this as well is because they take a lot of the resources from the tree, and that when they do uh, make their waste, basically they'll do it at the roots of their own tree to sort of like pass back some nutrients back into the tree. But when they get down there, they'll dig a hole and then they'll do basically what is a poo dance to encourage their quite probably constipated cells to have a poo. And I've watched a poo dance 
folks. What, Watched what, what, it this morning. I'm picturing was it a luring? It was flat. This I'm picturing Barlu in like Jungle Book, that, is, that kind of thing. It's, it's more showgirls. Oh, really? They like literally <laughs> hold onto the tree and gyrate. Whoa. And it's like, it's, it's hysterical. A sap dance. Yeah, they do a sap dance, man. And um, and that's to not draw attention to themselves, because obviously taking a shit up yeah. in the trees would draw attention. But going downstairs and doing a seductive wiggle of the bum whilst holding onto the root of the tree. Guys, you got you got to watch yourself a poo dance before the, uh, I was going to say before the sun sets, but yeah, ASAP. And that's my, that's my, um, that's my fact about sloths. That's quite decent. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, Molly. Next fact, buddy. Next fact. Right. How many more have we got to go? Two. I think we've got two. I don't know, Shu. What are you accepting? I've lost track. <laughs> I've lost track. Um, what have we got? Okay, this is not really... Uh, this is just something interesting that mm. I s- was thinking about because we were talking about dogs. Mm. Um, do you know what happens if you wink at a dog? I have no... Sure. <laughs> Does it wink back? Yeah, if you've got a good relationship with yeah. it. Yeah, because a really? lot of their communication is yeah. like blinks and winks. Right. I, I, if blinking at a dog, they will blink back at well, you. Well, cats do that. I'm pretty certain. When I had a pet, when I my, my first cat Tuppy, I was very close to. Sleep, you're just boring. <laughs> my first pet cat Tuppy, which I grew up with, effectively. Mm. Um, I'm sure that blinking at Tuppy and a long paused blink, she she would she would uh, reciprocate. But I didn't know that about dogs winking. Mm. I'll, I'll do things sometimes. Like, if I'm sitting and my dog's going to sleep. Can we broadcast this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I will, um, if he's sort of snuggling with me. Yeah. Uh, and, and obviously, dogs are, are obviously super sensitive to any sad movement. So mm. even if I'm like, kind of go like that, he thinks he's going for a walk or, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get up and, and give mm. him a treat. And so if he's sort of restless like that, if I literally slowly close my eyes, he will mirror that. No way. Like, however ridiculous that sounds. No, it doesn't like, that, sound that, that's ridiculous. definitely something that... Of all the things you said on this podcast. Yeah. yeah, there you go. It's one of the more feasible. God, I love dogs. They're the best, aren't Do they? Because mm. I, I actually like both. When people say your dog or cat hasn't, I actually like both for different reasons. You're not allowed, one or the other. I'm more than happy with like, liking both of those. But I've never owned a dog. But all my friends' dogs are pretty awesome. So I think, like, you know, I very much would like to at some point. My dog's very smart. Your dog's brilliant. Mm. Oh, he's he's dog. run away uh, a couple of times. And, uh, I mean, one time uh, my father-in-law found him uh, sitting at a bus stop. That's quite smart. Was he waiting for the, yeah. <laughs> Was it the bus back home or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Do you have a ticket? But uh, No, no, the bus wasn't there He's going to get in trouble uh, if he doesn't. Uh, oh, yeah, you can buy him on board, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, um, so my wife uh, used to take my dog out on on a lead on her bike. Sure. Uh, quite away. Yeah. And um, and her parents lived maybe two miles from uh, from where we live. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one time my wife went on holiday and left because I was working, so the the, the dog stayed at uh, her parents. Yeah. And then one afternoon I happened to be at home. Uh, in a, a house that we lived in for about a year. And I could see a lot of people sort of out the front of my house. And I was thinking, oh, someone's dog's escaped. They're all chasing the dog. Didn't dawn on me, because my dog's like two, three miles away, mm. uh, that it was my dog. Uh, and then about 10 minutes later, 
my next door neighbour in my old house phoned me up to say that my dog was sitting outside the front door of our old house. <laughs> so he'd run from Avely to, to where I live, which is a long way. Uh, come to our house, obviously, didn't obviously get my attention enough for me to think, oh, look, my dog's run away and he's run all the way home because oh. that doesn't seem feasible. <laughs> and then went to... Back where we used even. to live, yeah. The old house, yeah. If in doubt, go back in time. Mm. Dogs, dogs know what they're doing. That's unbelievable. It's crazy. Yeah, That's it's really amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely bonkers. Yeah, went to where we used to live. Your dog is quite smart. Mm. He'll never stay in a room with me alone. Yeah. He's, he's, he's if he sees other people leaving, he won't stay there with me. He's so. part border collie. They're quite, they're quite savvy dogs. Mm. Yeah, uh, they do lots of kind of. We took him to this like. Um, sort of country fair thing and they had a thing there where they had all the border collies doing all the things like where they jumped through the things and up through the tunnels and that and I said oh, can, can, like, we, and people could take their dogs there and let their dogs have a go and, and literally it was just loads of kind of mongrels just sniffing other dogs butts <laughs> and stuff like that but my dog who is a mongrel but he's definitely half border collie just smashed it straight away oh wow and, like, and it was like whoa <laughs> did not expect that yeah. I expected him just to go over excited there was other dogs yeah. there but no, nailed it. Have you got a dog yourself, Matthew? Many dogs. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I've got I've got my family's got a dog, uh, that used to, I used to live with, but then moved out. But it's good it's a good one. It's a sprocker. Springer cocker nice. Never... blend. Yeah. Good one. Um what was that? Oh yeah, have you heard about yeah. dogs voting with sneezers? This is what I was gonna talk about. Voting. Yeah, so like what? there are these African dogs that'll just kind of stand around in a circle. And when they have to like vote on a decision like where they're going to go or what they're going to where they're going to hunt next or something like that, they'll vote by sneezing. So they'll like stand around and have like a chat in about it, and then eventually they'll vote with the sneezers. We should do that. That is brilliant. I'd love to. That's what. And if do. they vote on what, an area that's got a high pollen count, <laughs> sneezing is that extra confusing. We need to go to that pepper factory. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy how how animal behaviour how they pick that up, and that became habitual. And then I don't know is that would that be would that be something trained to them by their sort of like when, when they're being reared by their sort of like or is that literally yeah, within their DNA? To, yeah, yeah, because like a lot of this stuff is just learned from like being passed down. Yeah, that's basically why humans are so advanced. Like oh, it always really annoys me when people say like are oh, humans are the most intelligent species on the planet because we don't really know that. And we know that, like, for most of Homo sapiens being around, we were, like, bang in the middle of the food chain, just getting eaten yeah. all the time. And, like, we didn't really have a niche. We were just pretty, pretty average. Yeah. What we do have, like, we're definitely the most knowledgeable species because we've learned how to, like, compile information. That's the thing about dogs. They must just, like, figure out how to pass on, how to vote with sneezers. Must just, like, made them stronger. But um, I reckon octopus is probably smarter than we are. Do you reckon? Yeah, but they just can't. If, if they could develop, like, a system of writing... Like doc, keeping documents, you we should we should we should give them like Microsoft Office, shouldn't we? <laughs> At least not um, make like an eight-legged not, version. Not Windows Ten though. That would set them back, if anything, would it? Because yeah, it was a problematic uh, platform. But yeah, give them give them now whatever it is, and see how they how they get on. Oh, so how do how do we know? Because I've heard that that octopuses are quite smart, but um, what what sort of tests do you do on an octopus there? There are lots of different yeah. things like, you know, navigating mazes, like solving puzzles, sure. and they can do all that kind of stuff. And then like social stuff, there was that experiment recently where they gave octopuses MDMA and like showed that they like had the same kind of heightened 
uh, like emotional connection with our octopuses around them as like humans do. And it was like this similar thing of like, oh, octopuses also have these kind of like relationships and like things that, yeah. That's unbelievable. Also a bit naughty, giving them pills, basically. But no, that's fantastic. I would not have thought octopuses could do that. Well, we've been going for 50 minutes and we try and keep these to the hour. So we've got about 10 minutes to squeeze the, the final two in. Right, yeah. We've got two left. I lost count. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, right. Right. Let's, yeah, yeah. right. Let's crack them out. So, um, right. Bats obviously can see stuff with sound sure. and everyone knows that. But what I thought was kind of cool with this is that um, there are some humans that can do this. Humans who've trained themselves to like make really high-pitched noises and then map out yes. the world around them. And also, um, this is... Uh, so I, I tried out this thing... Um, uh, Imperial College where it was like this headset that they developed for people who are visually impaired um, where it kind of puts these like vibrating pads near your ears and then it's got a camera on the front um, and and it basically like if the stuff that's in front of you it makes noises in stereo depending on whether there's stuff like close to you on the left or the right and if it's really close it's high volume and if it's mm. really far away it's low volume and if you look the stuff kind of in the bottom of your vision is low pitch and the stuff in the top of your vision is high pitch. And it's, that's, it that's sounds really complicated, yeah. but it's so easy to use. Like you wouldn't believe it. Like you put on a blindfold and within like a few minutes you can just navigate so, yeah. around with it. You yeah. can just see the world. It's amazing how like, you know, we're really good at using our eyes because like that's the thing that we're used to using. But if we lose them, then you can compensate, like start to compensate quite well with these things, especially if you've, you're given some kind of enhancement. Yep. Yeah. So cool. It's, the mind boggles. Like the, the first time I saw that, but actually the only time I saw that was a, a young lad in America who's blind, who, who even go could get to the point where he could go out on his bike, uh, just on the, in the neighbourhood. But he does it through a, a, a like a bark basically, like a, a yelp. He yelps and listens. And that is mind boggling that someone can do that, and they just basically getting feedback and, 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 and cycling along. I don't suppose he's tearing down the streets, but yeah, that's the wow. one I saw. So yeah. Well, you need to explain that a bit clearer. He, the, 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 so he's, the lad what, what barks, is he barking? He yelps. He just, but I'm not going to do an impression of that. Right. I'm going to have to stretch your imagination a little. Uh, and then he listens, and then that's how he... What, how the sand re reflects back, off of? Comes back to him, yeah. He's not flying down the street. He he's must not, be barking not, a lot. He's not, he's not... I don't know. Well, he didn't look like that. But if a car comes around student, the corner, Stu, sure, I couldn't, didn't get into the mechanics of it. I haven't followed right. him around. Yeah. You know, Queens or wherever he was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's unbelievable that they're using that technology now. But oh, sensory I, deprivation I, 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 always brings that out, isn't it? So you can you, you do start to rely on other senses. So, do you, so is that an actual fact that if you lose one of your senses, your others become um, obviously they're they're more essential then? But do they become heightened? I think, yeah, yeah, you learn to become a lot more in touch with them. Because, like, you know, we, we ignore a lot of our senses because we've got other senses that are really mm. dominant and they're like, oh, this one's really good, so we don't really need to pay too much attention to what we're hearing. Because yeah. um, we trust our eyes a lot more than we trust our ears. Mm. Yeah. But if you lose, lose your ability to see, then, yeah, I think you start to trust your ears, like, a lot more and get used to the kind of subtleties of them. It's like, you know, it's a skill. It's like learning a sport. Like getting better with your getting better at throwing, it's like similar to getting better with your ears, I guess. Yeah. Sure. I'm gonna film us walking back to the car, and I want you to shut your eyes and bark. No problem. 
No problem. We'll get that. Well, it's getting dark now anyway, exactly. so I can't rely so much on my yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we've <anyway>. got. <laughs> <laughs> so are we at the top spot? We're at the top spot. I know they're not in any order, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't really know which ones to do for this. Basically, I've just got a kind of cocktail of cool things that yeah. don't really quite fit in. So I'll just run through them really quickly. Brilliant. And then I'll tell you the one that is kind of in the top spot, even though it's not. I'm liking yeah, it. Sure. First one, uh, jellyfish. They have this sense where they can like tell what up and down is, and that's how they navigate in the ocean. Right, okay. But if you breed jellyfish in space, and then you bring them back to the Earth... They can't do that. They lose the ability to tell it up from down. This is why, like, sex in space between humans is totally forbidden because it's because the embryo, like, babies developing in space, it's known to be a total nightmare. Like, so much really? of like things developing in space, uh, so, gravity so much of, yeah, babies developing needs gravity. So, like, even wow, yes, yeah, so even like certain kinds of worms. Um, can't remember. I think they use planaria worms, like. They took those up there and just like breeding them in space, they would grow with like two tails, two heads, and like they wouldn't get better when they came back to the earth. Like just embryo, like a baby developing depends a lot on gravity, so it's dangerous to have human space. Anyway, that was unrelated. What else was I going to say? That's, a wor that's worth knowing though. Um, worth <laughs> knowing. Worth back knowing. Up. Careful. <laughs> Careful of that. Um, and then uh, I was going to talk about uh, mantis shrimp. They're kind of a weird one because we've got like three color receptors, right? We've got red, blue, and green. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we can see the spectrum of colors because like red overlapping with green gives us kind of like a yellowy color. Green overlapping with blue gives us like a cyan-y color. Mm -hmm. And red overlapping with blue gives us like magenta-y. Yeah. So th those, are, those are like our, the colors that we, that we can see. Um, if we had more um receptors like a mantis shrimp then we could see like thousands of colors they've got so many color receptors that like a mantis shrimp can see like an unimaginable amount of colors that we that we just can't we just can't even comprehend so there's colors out there that exist that we can't see yeah because our brain just like doesn't doesn't think yeah. of them as separate like it'll be like all these little subdivisions of orange that like a mantis shrimp can see um, which is quite amazing, I think, except yeah. for the fact that mantis shrimp's brains aren't capable of processing the colours. <laughs> so, as far as we know, they they just they have all these receptors, but there's just no point in them. Oh, I still think that's no. kind of cool. Um, and also, one of my favourite facts about colours is just that um, magenta just doesn't doesn't exist. It's the only colour that doesn't really exist, and it's a colour that we can see, but there's no like light that is magenta coloured. Like every single colour that we see has a colour of light that's associated with it. Okay. But magenta does not. Magenta's just a trick of the mind because that's what your brain tells you you're wow. seeing wow. when you see the highest energy light that we can see and the lowest energy light that we can see at the same time. And your brain's just like, yeah, let's call that magenta even though that's like two entirely separate colours. And blind. so that's why like optical illusions like so often in magenta and it's like a colour yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah, right. confuses the mind a little bit. Wow. Wow. Did not know that. No, that's f fantastic. Of them three, what's your favourite? Three? That was two. Was that two? You, you and your counting tonight. <laughs> I don't know how many it was. <laughs> what's my favourite of those? Oh, I, I love, I love like animals seeing the magnetic fields because I think that's really beautiful. I love how magnets is something that we just really don't understand. Mm. Like even there's this guy, uh, Feynman, who's like one of the, Richard Feynman, he's, 
one of the most famous physicists of the last hundred years or so. Amazing communicator. Like he was so good on TV, like so funny, so good at explaining stuff. But when he was doing this like BBC interview and they asked him like, how did magnets work? He just kind of like fumbled around with like, oh yeah, well, <laughs> and then eventually the BBC person kept like pushing him was like, no, but how do they work? And he was just like, well, eventually he just had to be like, yeah, no, nobody really knows. Wow. Um, and it's just this kind of like really mysterious part of the universe that we still, you know, we know a lot of thing about a lot of things about magnetism, but we just don't know where it comes from really so much. So so mysterious. So I love it that there are animals that can see this like mysterious force. Wow. Good choice. Yours, mate, out of all of that. Other than the poo dance, I don't quite like that one. <laughs> <laughs> My mind's blown. Yeah. Like literally every single fact that you've you, you've reeled off today is the sort of things that occasionally get sent to me by my friend, which I just think that's not true. Mm, uh, you've had them verified by Matthew. Yeah. Now. Uh, the fact that magenta is a trick of the mind has has kind of yeah spun you out. It really, really did. Yeah. I think to close this. I should just give one last fact. All right. And before we close... Have you got any more, Matt, that you wanted to squeeze in? Uh, I was just going to talk about reindeers and how they like to eat this like hallucinogenic mushroom called fly agaric. Do you know about that mushroom? No, it's got nothing not, to do, it's got nothing to do with anything. I was just thinking about it. It's just this... It's, this <laughs> it's got nothing to do with anything. I was just thinking about it a lot. It's like... Me? It's a weird thing that makes them kind of go to sleep and then when they wake up um they have like oversensitivity of their muscles so like if they're trying to move their leg like a tiny amount then it will move a huge amount right and so and so like once they've eaten it they'll you know if they try and like jump a little bit they'll jump really high and it's thought that this might be where the kind of idea of flying reindeer came from. It's like reindeer just eating fly agarics and then like just jumping really high and Amen. people being like, why are they trying to take off and fly? And that's, we think that's where the, the kind of myth the, came from. Over. That's incredible. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. <laughs> wow. Do you get, so what makes you hunt these facts out? Do you often, is this like your, like uh, when people get disappeared down some kind of like, some people get disappeared down a YouTube hole. Are you down an animal facts hole? I actually, like, I never do that. I should do that more. Like, I don't spend enough time just kind of browsing the internet and, like, finding interesting things. Actually, what happens now is like, a lot of people just bring me stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is so cool. Um, and I just... And I, I also kind of, like, discover... Like, keep trying to discover stuff as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, these things stick in my brain because I think they're really cool. So if people want to listen to your podcast, where can they find it? Oh, yeah. Um, if you search A Piece of String or String Podcast anywhere on the internet, it's on like all the things, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and all that stuff, um, then you can listen to that. And if you want to see me talking about scientific curiosities from a bath, sometimes, sometimes not, uh, then just search Science in the Bath on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, any of that stuff, or Matthew Shribman if you can spell my name, but my name's really... It's just not a good name for saying on the podcast and getting people to spell. So. And what's coming up? What's coming up? Um, so I'm about to release a video about... Uh, I've got a few like environmental videos coming out, like this one about soil erosion that I did with the French government. Uh, that's coming out in a few weeks. Nice. And one about... Um, uh, yeah, plastic pollution. Oh, that's, oh that is going to be... Yeah, there's a really scary thing at the beginning, which like, hasn't really been announced yet. It's like a new bit of research, and I think I might be one of the first people to put it out. Wow. Ooh, it's scary stuff. Um, but on the, on the kind of cheerier side, 
Um, there's also uh, what am I doing? I'm about to release. Yeah, the horse horses versus dogs. Like what can yeah. swim faster? Um, and I'm about to release this other thing about aerogel, which is like this really beautiful. Like, we used it a lot in the eighties for our hair, didn't we? Or is that a completely different thing? <laughs> I think that's a different thing. Could be the same. Um, yeah, no, it's it's this like I'm not going to say too much about it, but it's just this really beautiful like material that look when you hold it up it literally stim it simulates the sky it's like the sky in your pocket like it looks this beautiful blue unless you hold a light behind it and then it kind of glows yellow like the sun it has these like, amazing like curious weird properties and i'm about to like release a video about that that'll be aerogel aerogel oh and i'm also about to release a video about how to survive at sea if you've got no water to drink and no equipment so yeah that's really important yeah, wow yeah and some other stuff. Um, I'm curious. About the aerogel? Are you still stuck on magenta? No, the aerogel sounds amazing. But so, so nothing. You're just floating in the sea. It's like you on a boat? ancient mariner. Water yeah, don't, I don't want don't to give it away. But like basically, yeah, if you've got... No, it's something that was discovered by the Vikings. Like how to, dis how to basically get water into your body yeah, without, without dying. Crazy, yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm a little bit hyped for that. Well, yeah, we'll check that out. And, uh, well, Matthew, thanks so much for letting thank us come so down much. and uh, blowing our tiny minds today. Mate, this has been so much fun. Thanks. Cheers, mate. No, much appreciated. And last fact, uh, snails can sleep for up to three years. Bullshit. Whoa. <laughs> there you go. There it is. Was that the most intelligent episode? No, Rick, Rick Edwards was another intelligent yeah. one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. All the others were, like, borderline. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. Not. Um, <laughs> I'm still still blown away by magenta. Yes, yes. And, yeah, I mean, wow, magenta, eh? It's not even a colour. No. Um, great episode, and we also recorded one en route to um, Matthew's uh, office where we recorded yeah. that episode, and that's available on Patreon. So Patreon, if you're unaware, is um, another social media platform uh on which we host a weekly podcast of hardcore listing, which isn't available to the general public. No, we charge for it. You can pay $1, but the next level is $10, and it really helps us uh, well, even produce it. We've yeah. just had possibly our BR800 that we record on die on us. Yes. So uh, it's good to know that we've got the money to pay for that, and you haven't got, I haven't got to put your ass to work on the streets. I can't go back there, mate. I can't go back there. They don't uh, want you back. No, no. Every time... Um, I'm um, refused entry to string fellows. Um, <laughs> it's just so, the demand for you is too high. Isn't it, it? It, yeah, exactly. It I know crazy. that you know if I have to go back there and remove my garments for money, then oh, I don't think I could look the kids in the eyes again. <laughs> um, all what right, are doing at string fellows. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Patreon is is a uh, a thing that we do where, um, like I say, there is a, a, another episode released each week. And so when Chris said it's ten dollars, that's ten dollars a month. So that's seven pound a month. So that is literally two and a bit quid. Um, each week for a completely new episode. Um, there's loads of other bits and pieces goes on on the Patreon where you can chat to us. Um, there's a, there's a news feed type yeah. thing, and and we get free tickets. Uh, you get free tickets to any live shows and yeah. stuff that we do, and you get to pick the top fives as well. That's the main thing as That's well. That's the fun bit. Yeah. yeah. So, we done? I think we're done. Good. You're boring, Mina. Go away. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you 
all about the podcasts. You maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, um, there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.